Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Hey guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. It's Daphne and Ilaria. And today we're chatting with Laura Prepon. You guys definitely know her from that 70s show and Orange is the New Black. She just wrapped filming on the final season. I know. Can you guys oh, believe it? You know, know. There are these certain shows that just really... They feel like an era. I know. They just they feel like, like okay, they, now we're done with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But and I feel like she's been a part of a couple of those, which is de- Definitely. And, you know, she, she is a mother and a really great partner um, to her husband. I do love how she talks about being a good partner um, and making her me time and then separating work and um, and being a mom. Um, so I think you guys are really going to enjoy. She's super cool. She's super funny. Very bubbly. Great energy. Absolutely. And you'll see that she will hint at it a few times, but there is... There's so much to it. It feels like she's crammed four lifetimes into one. So we're going to get to scratch the surface today with Laura and hopefully do a follow-up later. But now, take a listen to Laura Prepon. Enjoy. Mom! Are we recording? Yeah, right we're, now? Recording. Oh, we're on. Okay, cool. I haven't done a podcast in a minute. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi. First, you have to introduce yourself because we always have our guests introduce themselves. Okay, great. Hey, I'm Laura Prepon. I'm a director, actor, writer, um, mother of a beautiful toddler. Talking to you guys on Mom Brain. Great. Perfect. Let's do that one. Let's That's a lot easier. I feel like too weird saying the I other know, stuff. It is bizarre. But yeah, but we can everything else. Like, you know, we just wrapped orange like a week ago or whatever <gasps> and blah blah blah. Wait, what's how what are you feeling? You wrapped the final season. It was season eight, I don't season We just wrapped season seven. Seven, okay. Yeah, we just wrapped like I said, we filmed like ten minutes from here. Um but yeah, we wrapped like a week and maybe like a week and a half ago. Um, seven years. It's crazy. But it's time. It was like absolutely incredible. And I directed three of them, which was great. My first episode I directed, I was pregnant. And that, which was crazy because in that particular episode, I was like uh, taken hostage and we were wrapped. Taylor and I were wrapped naked in a shower curtain, (laughs) hands and feet literally bound behind our back like we had to be lowered to the ground by two guys before each take and then they put duct tape over our mouths and this is I had to do like there I think there were 11 different scenes like that and that was my first episode I ever directed and I was pregnant were you sucking in like what were you doing well what's funny (laughs) how do you hide when you're naked and duct tape no it was brutal (laughs) I didn't find out I was pregnant until after until literally we wrapped the episode and I was so because you're just like running on adrenaline right. when you're, you know, directing and everything. And then the day after we wrapped, I was the most tired I'd ever been in my life. I was dead, like literally dead. Like, oh, my. And I said, what am I going to do? This is crazy. Like, And then um, and then I actually thought I was getting a flu or something. And then I found out I was pregnant. 
And then I was freaked out because I was like, oh, my God, I did all these stunts and we were crying and screaming and like attacking people. What if she heard it? Like I was so I was so freaked she, out. She didn't have ears at that point. I was, was so, it was okay. No, I was just so terrified because you hear about all these things about, you know, and it was my first one. So you hear all these things like your baby, like here, who knows? Feels but, all your emotions. Yeah, exactly. But it's so funny because I say, likewise went to the my I went to my doctor, my ob because I was like, I just don't feel good with my first. I was I thought yeah. I was getting a flu. And yeah. she, she was like, she's she, of course, every time you go into any doctor's office as a woman, they're like, pee on this. And you're like, okay, right. great. You and always have to pee on you something. You gotta pee on something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she was like, wow, your hormones are really high. Let's just take a look at you. And we heard a heartbeat. The f- no. Oh my God. No, it was oh, so crazy. I wish cool. I was like you guys. I, had, I, had, I know I right away. Unaware. I literally like <laughs> the next so cool. day, the next day I'm like, I'm pregnant. I can tell. Yeah, before, before a pregnancy does, I can tell. Wow. And I guess it's just in retrospect because it was my first. I didn't know what I was feeling. And maybe I was just eating a lot more bagels than I normally <laughs> I eat that month, I So I was okay. Um, but it was, you know, it's also one of those things where it's like you, you aren't, we hadn't been trying or something. It, I didn't anticipate it. Yeah. Especially because almost inevitably my babies happen in after like a weekend of total craziness, like <laughs> right. debauchery and right, like weddings sure. or parties or friends are over, whatever. And it's, um, you know, we have this. And, and, and again, I, I think it's so interesting. And I, I obviously have not studied this. I don't know of what I, of what I speak, but I am convinced that part of um, part of the process is your body getting sort of. Like the more relaxed and happy and in your space that. your body yeah. is, the yeah. more receptive it is to whatever's mm-hmm. going on. Wants a happy so home. The baby you wants have a happy to be relaxed. Yeah. I talked, yeah. uh, but it's funny because like I have a bunch of friends that are, you know, thinking about having kids or trying really hard to have kids, and um, one of them in particular did a ton of failed IVF cycles and. Her doctor finally just said, you need to just take a break. Yeah, You need to take a break. You need to relax. You need to go just be with your husband and just be a couple again. And just and she has one ovary um, because of an illness she had when she yeah. was in her 20s. But then she got pregnant naturally with one ovary after three failed IVF cycles. Wow. Yeah. And it's like the miracle baby because um, at the time she was, I think, 45. Wow. So totally naturally got pregnant. And... But she finally, she stopped white knuckling everything and then just relaxed and was like, you know what? I'm just going to relax and de-stress before we think about trying another cycle. And she got pregnant. I think that's amazing. Also, I mean, I'm sure there are lots of people listening to the podcast who have gone through their version of dealing with f- fertility, dealing with miscarriage. Right. And, it, and in the process, it can feel so defeating and right. so frustrating. And then you hear stories like that. And like, on the one hand, that gives you hope because I do think that it's it is. It's like we started having sex for fun again and then it worked. Exactly. But but I also think that um, one of the things that we talk a lot about here is like fertility practices that do intervene in non-invasive ways or that do just bolster the soil a little bit. Like we talked about acupuncture. Well, I think at right. some point we should have a diet episode with mm-hmm. like with like a nutritionist who specializes in fertility because yeah. there's really interesting oh, you science totally should. around like yeah. what you should eat to make sure that your body's ready for that. Fully. I, I follow a bunch of women who uh, again, this is how mom brain goes. Like you literally just follow the random train. The train we goes. Have no, we have no we plan. Have no, cool. There's no plan. Um, no preparation. No plan. But I had I had lunch with a girlfriend this week and she she um, lives in London. And she was telling me about what their 
uh, sort of system does is they have something called postnatal doulas. Mm-hmm. So these are women who come to your house for the fourth trimester, which is the 40 days after you give right. birth. And they're there really to take care of mom. So they cook exactly. for you. They belly wrap. They have something called like Mayan belly wrapping, where it's basically a really fancy like braided linen wrap around your right. stomach, which is kind of like a, a customized girdle that, you know, brings everything back together. They do this amazing lymphatic massage with Ayurvedic right. herbs, all this stuff. Yoni steaming. Get <laughs> Gwyneth, come, in, come on our show and talk about Yoni steaming. That's amazing. Um, but it's like, I just, it was making me think all these things that are sort of traditional wisdom that women knew about or, or that culturally we knew about. Right. That we have lost sight of we've sometimes. We've so far away, especially yeah, in this culture. we've gotten yeah. really far away. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I mean, also, I think it's also a thing of, you know, our, the, our culture is a very production productive based mm-hmm. culture results oriented um, and you know I was back at work at six weeks and I feel like we and by the time my daughter was four months old I was directing so again my second episode so I think that it's kind of this badge of honor that we wear and it's weird I think it's definitely something that has to do with this culture um, you hear about different things like you were just saying called you know in other cultures lying in where the women literally just the mother relaxes and it does take a village mm-hmm. and literally her family comes in and takes care of her and the baby and I definitely think it's something especially in big cities like LA New York Chicago families are much more nuclear and we don't have we don't live with our in-laws and you know it's kind of rare when that happens Um And I find that that lying in period doesn't really happen much. I I don't know one friend who had a lying in period. Those those two words have never gone together. I don't know one friend who literally was like, oh, my fourth trimester, I just relaxed and was fed bone broth and my baby was brought to me and I just laid around and relaxed and regenerated. But that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to rest and recuperate and your immune system is compromised because you just grew, you know, this beautiful baby and you know you're supposed to be taken care of you're not supposed to be like up and back at work again but i think that that, that's what's complicated about is that we're in a culture where women we want to work you you're directing you're acting Mm -hmm. you're doing a ton of things we're doing our podcast Mm -hmm. daphne's doing a bajillion different things i can't we all are i can't but i mean you're like really you're you're Where like am I again? You're, a whole, you're a whole new thing. Um, I'm that, just like tell me where to show up and I'll do the thing. You know what I mean? At a certain point, you're just like tell me where to go. Oh, we're talking about this. Great, right. you do, do you it. Feel like a wind up doll. You're like and go and yeah, you just do the thing. The problem is you have to not crash, which is what I'm always trying to avoid. But I'm sorry, I didn't no, mean no, to cut no, you no, off. No, no, I mean it's just it's just a thing where we are trying to be like the super kumbaya, and at the same time we're like you know super. No, but it's true, and it's about fi- for me. It's been about finding those moments where I can embrace something exactly like that. Satisfaction. Where you just, you know, and my partner as well, like we it's like we just try to find those times and those moments to just be and be present and enjoy each other. Because that's the other thing too is so many people you know, once they have children it's it's funny because when I was first pregnant, people would be like, oh, you ready to settle down? And I, And what's so funny is since I've had my daughter and since my husband and I got together, my life is the complete opposite of settling down. Everything is, it's completely, I mean, yes, we're busy and doing a bunch of different things just like we all are, but there's no settling down at all. It's the complete opposite and it's so incredible and it's hard and it's challenging and I've never created more in my life that's been the most fulfilling. 
And it's just, you know, because I feel like after you do have children, you're I, I've actually become more um, focused, even though you have like mom brain and you forget stuff and you're distracted and whatever. But in terms of my work and my focus, my priorities are so clear now mm-hmm. because once you become a mother, in my opinion, it's like, OK, great. My family, nothing like it's. My children, my husband, we are, that's my priority, right. you know? And then after that, everything is, then it's work or right. home or whatever. But it's all, like, so focused for me now that that really helps me a lot, like, get a lot of stuff done because my priorities, I don't, I don't like, entertain anything unless it is, number one, my, it's good for my family and we agree with it right. as a family. Um, and then I just don't kind of, oh, maybe, yeah, let me look at that. I'm just like, no can't do that that's not good for my family that's not good that's totally distracting I'm not doing that you know what I mean if it's going to take you away from time that you could be with your family it has to be something that's ultimately extremely fulfilling exciting for you something new for you but it's also interesting because I similarly I felt like when I'm when I'm pregnant and as, as a mom, so two things happen. When I'm pregnant, I feel super creative. I feel like for sure the process of growing something and and just being like available to that. I don't know you. I feel like you pull things from the universe. You're right, just for like sure. things. Think I'll yes. like wake up in the middle of the night with this idea. And right. I, you know, it's, it could be totally insane. It's usually two o'clock but in the morning. No, it's ordered, it's like, my peas, <laughs> and I have a fabulous <laughs> idea. It's major. You know, my friend just got me. <laughs> she got me just on the. Do not forget what you were going to okay, say. I won't, I won't. Because that happens to me all the time. We're all because I also have trouble sleeping. So when I wake up, I'm like, I have an idea, and I pull out my phone, and then I'm just like awake. It wakes you up. So my friend for my birthday got me this notepad with this pilot pen that lights up at the end. Wait, that's genius. Yeah, and she's like, this is for your your bedtime ideas. (laughs) So it anyway. But in the morning, are they brilliant, or you're like, what was I? You know what's funny is sometimes I'm because I I really do pride myself on having a good memory. There are times when I'm like, oh, that's such a good idea. I'll remember that and I don't know <laughs> so now w- I don't even and then sometimes I read it and I'm like yeah that was a that was an awesome idea then other times I'm like scratching that off the way <laughs> but wait but so you wake up in the middle of the night you have these ideas but, so I feel like in pregnancy I'm very creative in motherhood Life can life. Many, much of what you do is Groundhog Day. It's very repetitive, and I think because of that, you are confronted with the same problems over and over and over again. So I become very solution oriented, and that's right. when I have like the creativity that I had when I was pregnant comes together into really interesting sort of like, oh, this is how we could solve this problem, or this For is sure. the product that we need, or like whatever For it could sure. be. Um, which I which I think is really cool. However, I also feel like you know you're you're. Having one child, having five kids, having twelve kids—like you're—they all take up twenty-four hours of your day, they, or they would. They would happily take them. So, learning new things or trying new things, it can be really hard to carve time for that. And I'm—I'm I'm fascinated to hear that, like you, for you know, what it was six weeks you said after you had a baby, yeah. four months after you had a baby, you were back and directing, yeah. which is obviously like. You know, you you sent your. I mean, since you were eighteen, or what, you yeah, started 18, acting started, when you yeah. were eighteen. So you've been in this world forever and ever. But the skill set of acting is different than the skill set of directing. So totally. what was that experience like? Especially also contending with becoming a new mother and going through that process. Well, I mean, well, there was one thing you just touched on that reminded me of something that I just want to touch on first, yeah, which absolutely. is, you know, I find making time. One thing I that went out the window. Uh, for me was a lot of, you know, Mm self-care. And then one thing I've really been trying to do is making sure that, you know, as a mother, it's like, obviously all your attention is on your kids. And then um, 
I always try to make sure my husband knows he's not like at the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> where a which lot is of, hard. A which lot is of families, really I feel like the, they, How do you the do partner that? feels like that. <clears throat> How it's I, little things like just always working for sure that (laughs) absolutely um (laughs) for sure um but there's things like little things like as example and i'm not saying this to be like patting myself on the back whatsoever these are just things that are important and whatever so he just lost a ton of weight for this movie he's uh currently doing that barry levinson's directing and he's playing a, a real life boxer so he had to start out losing a ton of weight and then now he's in the phase of gaining weight because it's they show him at very different parts of his life. Crazy. So production stopped and now he's in the gaining phase. So he needs to be eating a lot of food and whatever. So, you know, as example, just little things of like he we always do date nights. We always try to make at least, you know, two date nights is difficult, but one a week we this is very important to us. Um, so we'll get someone to watch our daughter and then we'll go, even if it's to a restaurant, even if it's for a couple hours, mm-hmm. we go do that or we go see a play or whatever. Um, and then as example, yesterday morning, I, you know, made him breakfast and I always put it on a little tray with like a little flower and just like oh. little creative things it's like thoughtful. that. It's, a it's nice. really thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And, and no, I'm not saying like I'm th- whatever. I'm just saying like little things like that go a long way, like yeah. not taking your partner for granted. And I know that he's bulking and right when he had to wake up, he has to eat. So I had all of his stuff on a little tray next to the bed with a little like flower on it and whatever. Um, Cause we take turns taking the morning shift with our daughter. Um, so I took the morning shift and then I brought him breakfast. And then, you know, I haven't really been sleeping that much lately. So a perfect example is, you know, <clears throat> last night, he, <laughs> this is your your listeners are going to be like, what, what is up? Last night he came home with like he came home with two dozen roses, and I'm like, what are you doing? He went out for a run, and he literally came home, and I was doing bath time with our daughter, but he has to uh, keep working out because he's bulking for this role. So he went and worked out and came home, and he brought two dozen roses home for me. And I'm just like, why are you? What is this? As I'm like, you but know, that's the best time when it's for the, nothing. Exactly. It's, it's for nothing. It's not like it's Valentine's Day. And it's like, oh, my God, I have to do it. No, it's, he or, brought home yeah. two dozen roses. It's and the they were best. sitting in the bedroom when I came out of the bathroom with our daughter because I had just given her a bath. And then last night I've been having trouble sleeping. So he made me a little cup of Calmag, which is like the calcium magnesium yeah. powder. And he gave me a foot massage so I can go to sleep. Oh, the best. But, but, the thing but one is, begets is, the other, like yes. you being considerate of him. And it's funny, actually, there have been like only a few times where my husband has said to me, like, I just I need you to think about me in this way or like I right. need this from you or I need whatever, because I, I try. I do try. And and we all fall short sometimes. Of course. But, of course. <laughs> this is funny because this has happened to be the last like 24 hours. But, it's but like, you know what I mean? And it's important that like if you feel you need that. Or you feel like you're not getting it. It's so important to say that. And there's you no shame. You have to. And there's, there's no, no shame, shame in it because Your it's partners, so interesting. You you'll have see, to. You'll see on a lot, a lot of like mom memes and stuff like that. Are like, oh, my husband, he needs to do this. Or, oh, my husband. And a lot of like husband bashing. And yes, you know, there, it is somebody else who wants to be taken care of. And sometimes that can feel really exhausting. But right. like, this is the person that you made your little people with. And you guys are like, what do you call it? The CEOs. Well, I, you guys are the CEOs. We're the foundation of the family also. And then, yeah. and then so you guys got to keep your really good link. Because then after 18 years, when your kid is out of the house, all of a sudden you look at you each know other what's and you're funny? like, done. I just had this conversation um, actually with my uh, with my OB, funny enough, but she's also a, a great friend because she's amazing. And we were having this conversation about empty nesters. Mm-hmm. And she was basically saying that she's like, whenever my patients have children, 
you know, a few months later, I'm always like, okay, great about the baby. How are you guys doing? Are you guys connecting? Because she said a lot of my patients who their children grow up and then move out of the house, they have nothing in common with their partner anymore. And she said it's so important to keep that foundation strong. And that's something that I feel like my husband and I really try to. And look, we're both work crazy schedules, just like you guys do, just like your partners do. And it is just about making that time for each other, because the more connected he and I are, then the better parents we are, the better we are at work, the just the better we are at everything. Because whenever I'm we're disconnected, nothing is as good. You know what I mean? But it also reminds me that it's, you know, you, like you said, it's it's little things like that. But they those little things create the it's almost like your brain gets primed in this way that 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 way of thinking about each other becomes right. normal. And then it just then it just flows from there. It's like I I talk to girlfriends who, for whatever reason, they felt like they've fallen out of co- connection with their partners. Sure. Or they, um, and this can be in relationship with anyone. This can be your girlfriends, your right. mom, your whatever. And you you know one little thing like you you know you you fall down on the job and one thing, and then it becomes easy to fall down again and easy to fall down again, and you feel disconnected more and more. And they and then the problem goes from you know ant hill to mountain. Right. And I think um, I think it's really nice to hear those those little specific examples of ways that like don't don't cost you a lot in time or energy or no, effort. No, you can uh, definitely. You could also like, you know, one thing, too, is and this costs no money, like when your partner is going out of town for a trip or whatever, mm-hmm. literally just write a little note and just stuff it in the suitcase. They are like kids. Or they stuff like a picture. Who doesn't love of to course. like open their lunchbox and get a, get right, a that's note? Exactly, that's, yes. It's notes are wonderful. We, yeah. we get emails um, into mom brain. And there was one that I in, uh, that I answered recently for our for our stories. And it's this woman who breastfeeds and co-sleeps. And the husband is like super happy about that. But now the husband is starting to say, I think that you are spoiling the baby because the baby uh-huh. is basically living on the boob. And so she was asking, she's like, how do you think I'm spoiling my kid? And my husband is saying this. And what I said is, I think your husband is actually feeling neglected. Right. And so you have to get to that point of how you feel comfortable in your relationship of showing him that you still care and showing him that he's really yeah. important and that, you know, you want to have this experience while you breastfeed. It's a short period of time in the grand scheme of things. Right. I, I believe that there is a really big difference between spoiling and love. Right. I think that you can never give too much love. But, you know, I mean, what would you say? What would you say to that? You know, that example of, of this woman who is breastfeeding, co-sleeping, and then the husband is starting to get frustrated. Well, I think, well, I have friends who have, like, I didn't co-sleep with my daughter, but um, I have friends who co-sleep with their kids and also who work really long hours. And when they come home, they're like, that's my time to be with my kids. Right. Um, and I totally get it. And there's no one way to mother at all. Like, there's, a mother's intuition is 100% so strong, as you guys know, and all kids are different and there's no one way. But, um you know, it's two things. One is I have a lot of guy friends. I mean, I grew up hanging out with mostly men, <laughs> mostly guys. Um, and a lot of my friends on that have kids are like, you know, the co-sleeping, they feel like my wife doesn't want to have sex with me anymore. <laughs> yeah. So there. So my thing is, you know, the co-sleeping thing is amazing and beautiful and incredible. And then but yeah, you know, you also just have to just like with anything we were talking about co sleeping or not or going on date nights or not or giving your partner a blood job or, not, or whatever you want to do. <laughs> you just have to keep that creation going like, you know, whatever it is like and if there's co sleeping and he's getting frustrated. Okay, cool. Then 
my personal opinion, if this was a friend of mine being like, what do I do? I'd be like, just talk to your husband and be like, this is really important to me. I like feeling close to, you know, my child. Let's make extra time for you and I to be intimate and be together. That's what I would say. But um, but I think what you're getting to, too, is it's a joint decision. Like you can't right. like I think it's hard because I think, uh, look, I think I think mothers and fathers connect with babies in different way. There are different things that feel significant. There are different ways that you feel like you are getting that parental just feedback, which you, we all need. Um, but I, I get it because I think a lot of, you know, it feels like something that uh, if you want to co-sleep, that it should be that it that it feels like an obvious choice for some for some mothers. I I only did for a period of time. And then I was ultimately like, I need my sleep. I want my bed back. <laughs> right. um, and I and, and that was a choice that I made for my own right. happiness and for our family's happiness and that my husband and I made together for our happiness. Right. And I think that's the one thing that, that it sounds like sometimes husbands like the one in, in the sort of a question we're talking about are, are calling out for or crying out for just like consider me in mm-hmm. this conversation right. which I think is important and a lot of moms can be like well don't worry about you you're a grown up like we'll get right. to you later we're dealing with but baby it, but it is but it it's critical is important. Yeah. Um, but I yeah and I and I think it's funny because uh <laughs> the intimacy deal is so critical and important. The connection that with your partner is so critical and important. But, but also the you you started off talking, Laura, about me time, which is something that we love to talk about here, because, <laughs> <laughs> because it again talk. Speaking of things that end up falling very low on the totem pole right. once everything gets reprioritized right. and reorganized. Um, but I, I I maintain and feel so strongly that happy kids have happy parents to show totally. them how it's done. That you will only ever be able to give a hundred percent of yourself if you are filled up if you're like an empty you know water bottle with nothing left to give that's not good for anybody and and so i'm curious you've you had such great like easy to do tips for how to take care of your spouse and and invest in a relationship what do you do to take care of yourself given that you are insane like the schedule (laughs) that you keep is out of control (laughs) no it's uh you know, it's funny because my directing mentor was, you know, she's now, uh, she and her wife have a child and she's just like, I feel like, you know, you kind of run your house like a director. Like you just kind of like do all the, you know, whatever. And, and it's true. It just as, you know, just makes you more focused. But um, I for me, per, like, okay, as example, I, before I had my daughter, I uh, would always take dance lessons. Hmm. I take tango and I take salsa because I went down to our. Wait, I've always wanted to do that. Oh, Tell me everything I love about it. it. I love so, it. I, I, what's so I funny? Was oh no way! Yeah. Oh my yes. god, I love it. So my and what's funny is when my husband and I first got together, he was he would take classes with me to like court me, <laughs> and then once we got married, he's like, okay, look, is, <laughs> is, is he a so good dancer? Bag. Is, he a, is he a good dancer? Yeah, he's amazing, but he's just it's just not. He only does stuff if it's for a role. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like now he's obsessed with boxing because he's playing a boxer. You know and. The role was to be your husband. Exactly. <laughs> Got it. And that that exactly. He's like, all right. Here are my dance shoes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I love, but I grew up dancing and I love it. And um, I went down to Argentina and I, I'd always taken like salsa lessons and stuff like that. But, and I grew up doing ballet and things like that. But when I, I went down to Argentina and I went to this malonga, which is basically uh, like a social dance. And I had never been to Argentina before, and I didn't know where I was being brought to. I just, my friend was like, oh, let's go to Malonga. I'm like, great. So I'm like, I don't know what that is, but this is cool. <laughs> so we go to this, like, abandoned, um, like, warehouse with this 
band on the stage in this big, gorgeous chandelier with no lights on it. The lights that are on it are the big, fat Christmas bulb. Like, I'm from Jersey. We use, like, the fat, colored Christmas bulbs, right? And these colored Christmas bulbs are just hanging all over the chandelier. There's a band on stage. And there's a circle of multiple couples all the way around the warehouse moving in this very slow circle. But each couple is doing these little intricate, beautiful things. And I and I said to my friend, I'm like, what is that? And she's like, oh, that's the Argentine tango. And I'm like, that's tango? Because you think of like the end of True Lies yes. with like Arnold Schwarzenegger and like Jamie Lee Curtis, like the rose in her mouth, like stopping across the thing. And it's such a good movie. Such a good such movie. A good I love the movie. But it's not that. It's like Argentine tango is very beautiful and, and intimate. It's very intimate. It's very intimate. And I was like, I need to learn that. So I came home. I started taking Spanish lessons and. Um, because the the way that they speak Spanish in Argentina, it's, it has this beautiful Italian flair, <laughs> and I loved yeah. it. And I lived in Italy as a child, so I immediately just felt so at home. Um, and I started taking Argentine tango lessons, and I just became obsessed with it. So, you know, as example, yesterday I went and I did my I do a tango lesson, um, and then I go into a salsa lesson, and it's just something that I do for myself, and um, it's just important to me. I also feel like. You know, growing up, I played the piano, and I feel like dancing and musicality and knowing rhythm and all these things, it feeds into my directing, mm-hmm. it feeds into my writing, it feeds into my acting. So it all kind of feeds each other, you know what I mean? Um, so when I'm writing, like right now I'm writing a project and I'm just like staring at a computer all day, and it's really hard, s- meaning like my my vision is starting to get like kind of strange from staring at a screen. Um and then, so I'll go out, I'll look out, I walk, and I also include it as my cardio. I walk half an hour to my dance studio, I do two back-to-back classes, I do tango and salsa, and then I walk half an hour back home, and that's like my cardio, I get to be creative, I get to work on my rhythm, breathe I get to fresh dance, air. I get to breathe fresh air, and it just is really good for my mental state. Um, it, it's, so that's self-care that I do I love that. for myself. How do you work from home? It's hard because I live in a New York apartment, so it's actually really – I love that – what's tough is living in a New York apartment, my bedroom is my office. It's where I sleep. It's my gym. It's it's hard. You know what I mean? Having all that in one space is not easy. Um, We're looking to expand into a a bigger space because my husband and I both – you know, when we're writing, we do work a lot from home unless we're on set. Um, the one thing I do love about it is I always love having an office in my in my living space, but it needs to be separate from where my daughter is. But, you know, when I'm sitting at my computer writing for, as example, like three to four hours or if I'm directing and I'm prepping, I get this feeling where, like, I need to hold my kid. You know what I mean? Like, I need to be with my kids. So the fact that I can, you know, walk outside and my daughter is, you know, outside so I can work, I can go see her. And that then I, you know, I hug her. I spend some time with her. We read a book and hang out. And then, um, you know, whoever I have watching her at that time takes over and then I can go back to work. I've tried. One thing is, I speaking of the self-care thing, whenever I've learned that I cannot, when I'm being a full-time mother, I cannot work because it stresses me out so much. When I try to, like, put my writing in her nap times, mm-hmm. 
it's so stressful. No, it's really it's, pressurized. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's awful because then you're like, okay, I have an hour and twenty minutes to write, and then once you get in the group, and, like, and, like, and, and then you have to like, get all the food ready, and you're like, oh my god, wait, it's gonna take me twenty minutes to get her food, or you know, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? A lot of times I prep her food in, in advance, but it's still, you know, that's ten minutes of your writing time. You know what I mean? Like it's a whole thing. Um, so for self care, it's like I do things like the um, the dancing things. I and you know, when it comes to work, it's good for me to be working where I could go out and hug my daughter. It is hard when I hear her playing in the other room because I want to be with her. So sometimes I have to put in earplugs. The other thing I have to do is I have to, there are times where that feeling in your cells that pulls you to your kid, like I, there are times where I have to leave my apartment because that feeling just won't go away. That's it never goes away, it, but you no, do need to leave sometimes. And, and it's just, it can be distracting, especially when when you when you work in a creative way it's not like i just have to get down and be productive like it right. sometimes it flows really naturally and effortlessly right. and sometimes it takes forever right. and i do i feel like when i'm in my house trying to write or trying to get something done and i hear my kids a it pulls me away because i'm <laughs> like sure. I'm here. yeah but also they have like some crazy spidey sense I and they know. know i'm there and they're like little they're animals <laughs> like crawling at the they're door they're also more <laughs> mobile and they can open totally. the door and no. just come in with and a 5 year old yeah. there's no lock she can't get through <laughs> totally. there is no you know, or the fingers like, under the door. That one's always my favorite. There's this there's this photo of all my children like peeking under the bathroom door as I'm literally peeing for 30 seconds. And then somebody took my friend was there and he took the photo and he was just great. like he was like this is this is your you have life. to frame that. That's like I, a moment where like you need to put that four children. You know what like, I mean? That's so they're cute. peeking. They're like, mommy, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm peeing. That's so they're like, let me cute. see. I'm like, you do this. Too. Like, what are you talking? You know what I want to talk so about, cute. which is something that you, that you brought up before is. Um, um, a little bit. And then we were talking about right before you you came here um, was is an- hiding your pregnancy versus announcing it right away versus like, you know, it's so interesting because now that I've had four, mm-hmm. especially the first time around, I was like, I'm hiding it until I know. And then, of course, like, you know, in in our world, it's a, a little bit different where like people are guessing, you know what I mean? And yeah, then there's, sure. Like, people, exactly. So that, people but, guess for everyone. I do feel like though. I feel like, you know, everyone's got that mother in law who's like, hmm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you <yeah>. know, yeah. <laughs> but, sure. I mean, you know, showing up to work and especially if you are not feeling hundred oh, yeah. percent or just going to the grocery store or, you know, hanging out with yeah. your mother-in-law or whatever. You know, why do you think what I, I always struggle with myself. I'm always like, if I have another kid, I'm just going to tell people right away because I would tell them if I if I lost the baby, I would tell in the end, I'd be like, oh, I just want you guys well, to know. Well, that's one that, way to go about it. Yeah. Or mm. or is it this thing that this is private time, but then is the stress of having to hide it? Is it worth it? You know, it's something that I struggle. I struggle a lot with. Um, you know, of why are we so secretive? Is it a personal thing where we're taking care of ourselves or is it a shame thing of, oh God, what happens if I lose it? And are, what are people going to think of me? Did I do right. something wrong? I mean, it's such a complicated issue. And as people are starting to be more and more and more open on social media and everywhere and wanting to share their deepest, darkest secrets, should they just, not should, but what do you think about people just saying things right away or or is this that time to be quiet and stay within and keeping it to you and your family? Yeah, well, you just brought up a really interesting point that I think all of us have to negotiate, which is the social media factor, which is when I first got into this business that I'm so blessed to be in. I mean, I love my job. But when we first started this over 20 years ago, there was no social media. Right. There was no, 
you know, you know when you sign up for this particular job that um, there's going to be you're going to lose a certain amount of anonymity. So you you get that you're you're going to be in the public eye or whatever. So when you go to specific events or whatever, or every once in a while you're like, okay, a paparazzi will catch me on the street or whatever. But now you know, you, but you could negotiate that. Now everybody is a paparazzi. Everybody everybody with a camera phone. Everybody with an iPhone or whatever, they're all paparazzi. So that's something new to negotiate. So I I love my fans on social media, the followers on social media. Like social media is an incredible platform that's helped so many people. I also see a lot of people struggle with it um, because everything is so public now. Um, but it is an incredible way that I personally use to communicate with fans and share with them. And it's wonderful. But there's also the part of, you know, as example, when you are pregnant, um, you know, I was at when I was first pregnant, I was at Sundance and we weren't telling anybody and I was wearing a big puffy coat or whatever. You couldn't really couldn't tell. And I left a restaurant and I turned and pointed at something and my I, you couldn't even tell I was pregnant. <laughs> and my jacket happened to open and I just had dinner. And I was like a little, you know, whatever. And Pasta. literally it was like, oh, she's pregnant. And here's the other thing. I was at a party and I wasn't drinking. So because I wasn't drinking, I'm like, what the hell? Am I drinking at every party right. I'm ever at? Like, just, just get a ginger maybe ale. Maybe I was on a diet. You get, you get a ginger ale and you put it in a wine glass. And okay. Oh, no, you know what? My, I, all the uh, that was a learning lesson for me. Now I know Club the soda Trust. Yes, with or orange. Ju- or just carry Because it's a big yeah. it's a big fool. People are like, oh, that looks uh, like a vodka. That you get a like low a- ball glass with club soda and throw a lime in it. Yeah. That's what I do Fab. now. Tequila. For sure. I'm like, whatever. But then it's like, and I didn't even really think about it but and you know what's funny is I didn't even have time to drink at the party because it was a working party right and maybe I'm not maybe I don't drink it every single (laughs) thing I go to so I was like really and because it so there were little like you know spies or whatever um but that but you bring up a really good point because I was not ready to talk about being pregnant yet it was my first time being pregnant I was very nervous about Mm -hmm. you know what would happen we weren't into the second trimester yet where you're usually in the clear um, and, and it's interesting. My partner and I are private people. Um, negotiating the social media of it all is something that I feel like I have a pretty good handle on right now. Um, but we are very private. So it's, it's tough. I mean, some people are very out in the open with everything. That's not how I am. I love sharing with people who've, um, supported me over the years. So that's why I like to like, you know, share information. But my husband and I, when it has to do with our family, we always talk about it first. We always talk. If it has to do, if it's like my own personal stuff, that's different. But when it has to do with us or our daughter, we always have a conversation about it before it goes up on social media. As you should. There's other times where he and I are out with our daughter and we know like there's plenty of times people, paparazzi have taken pictures of us and that's out of our hands. But um, I just feel like now... Now you, there's just a lot more to discuss because everything is so open right. and because you don't really have control. You step out the door and anyone with a camera can post a picture of you. You know, now I feel like there always has to be a conversation right. with your partner or whoever's helping you with your baby um, or your children or whatever. There always has to be a conversation of how private should we be? How in the open should we be? 
because it's going to get out there. Right. So, you know, it is having those conversations we talked about earlier where it's like, do I try to put a picture out there first and control it? Do I try to not? You know, it's a it's a it's a constant negotiation. Um, and I think that everybody's different. My, you know, Ben and I are a lot more private than a lot of our friends are. I wonder why it's so fun for people to like spot the pregnancy. Like, why is that like <laughs> sleuthing such a like but a I fun thing? I think even for people it's, who are not dealing with paparazzi and you know, like you being famous, no one. Uh, there's still like the people who go to work. I know some of my no, friends are like, it's, I'm pregnant. I'm in my first trimester, and I keep on going to pee, and everybody's looking at me as I come back to my cubicle. And like, I mean, it's just whatever your role is in the world those first three months are yeah. really tricky and then to kind of have to be like i'm fine or well, I, I also think it's like we it you know we're perceptive people it's like we're you know wh- whatever you believe it's like energy if you walk into a room in a really shitty mood people around you are going to be like get a little shittier. if you come in and you're like really upbeat people are going to be like right on good morning so if you're like going around like oh does everybody know that I'm pregnant? <laughs> You're gonna send out some radar. You know so what I mean? The, so the moral is, no matter how <laughs> you feel, put go on a in happy with a face. smile and, and make no, sure. No, yeah, too exactly. There is a little bit of that of like, you know, if you're super nervous about people, pick up on that stuff. Totally, they just do. You know, <laughs> they just know. So, so speaking of things that you share about you know, w- willingly, happily, um, you just launched your YouTube channel or not just, but, <laughs> yeah. but recently, um, which I love and I love watching your videos. And I think it's Thank so, you. I do. And I think it's so fun. I, I love to hear you talk about food because even though everyone knows you for your professional career in, you know, the 70s show and Orange is the right. Black and everything, it feels like food to me is this passion of yours that oh, I've, I love I've it. only recently come to like know and appreciate. <laughs> yeah. And then we always get to talking about your mom, who's just like such a freaking rock star, cool yeah. chef. Um, Laura would t- tells a story about like, so your mom was an actual chef and yeah. she would she would come out at like two in the morning and her mom would have 10 different versions of pecking duck, like strung up from the ceiling fan and like drying them out to the perfect, perfect, <laughs> you know, crispy yeah, skin crazy. texture. Um, but talk about, talk about, talk about food. You talk about preparing food for your daughter talk about food in your family like the history of that or or if you want to share some fun recipes of how you get your you get your daughter to eat delicious healthy good food for her that's not like out of a box give us <laughs> all you. some good tips <laughs> no i mean by the way your chicken finger recipe rocks yay um uh, she shared that. a recipe with me my daughter loves it um honestly we you know we grew up in the kitchen you know i'm the youngest of five kids uh you know from jersey and my mother was a she was a at home gourmet chef, so all of she would do crazy things like the Peking duck and go to all <laughs> with you the know, fans going, uh, yeah, with like a fan on. I mean, she she is a total character and she's incredible. Um, but yeah, no, she would drive like you know an hour away to a fish market to be like you know shouldering in with like other sushi chefs, like picking out her toro and you know, she, and then she went on like a sushi th- like she always just you know frog wa- like all this crazy stuff she loved because she would go to all these restaurants in New York and then come home and make the recipes herself. Um, And then our father was, um, he's passed now, but he was an orthopedic surgeon. So he he was always in the hospital. So, and he had the most amount of cases in two hospitals, which was like unheard of. Um, But he, he lived to work that, and he loved it. So he was this wonderful surgeon and, um, and then my mother would cook. So that's, that was like our upbringing. So, 
I was the one who was always really interested in what she was doing in the kitchen. So she taught me everything. I mean, honestly, when I was growing up, it was not like lessons about right and wrong. It was lessons about, you know, using a roll top chafing dish, like chafing dish (laughs) instead of like a lift top. So there was no condensation in the food. You know, it was stuff like that, you know, or like. You know, how to scramble the perfect egg or hard boil an egg without a gray yolk. And that that's what I learned growing up. Um, and I always had a huge passion for food because that's where we would always be. We would always be in the kitchen. And then, you know, I finally um, I've always wanted to do a cookbook and a book about food. But because I had this crossover where I was always learning about the body and, you know, kinesthetics and organs and how the body works, because I was going to be a doctor before I stumbled into acting. Thank God, because I love my job. But, um, you know, my first book really was great because it bridged the gap between um, some really great science and food. And that was something that I'd been studying for years. And uh, after my book came out. The Stash Plan. The Stash Plan, yeah. So the book came out, New York Times bestseller. So thank you to your listeners for, you know, being so supportive of that. And I love that book a lot. Um, and it's great for people who want to cook in advance also. like that's, Yes. It was all this like bulk batch cooking. Yes. Gr- taking great sort of gourmet culinary skills that you'd grown up and learned and simplifying, right. which is a lot of what you do on your YouTube channel. Well, because that's what I do. I mean, that's what, you know, we've always been very conscious of um, food, like real whole food. You know, my mother taught me that at a young age. Um, she taught me the importance of eating organic. She taught me. Um, about just having like real whole fresh food that your body can assimilate and knows what it is. And um, she taught me how to batch cook when I was about 12 years old. Because when I was 15, I was out on my own. When I was 15, I moved to a foreign country by myself. So I feel like we need 12 podcasts to know, go through right? like each that was like a of big, your that was a big you've lived like 12 lives no, I don't, I, and no, you're only crazy. 22. I no, don't understand I, how I you did 22. it. <laughs> no, I, I literally no. I moved to it. I lived I moved there by myself at 15. Um, I lived in Italy for a year. Then I lived in um, Paris and London. And, you know, I had no money. My mom helped me. But I I remember calling her in the middle of the night. Um, I was living in this really crappy apartment because I didn't have any money. And uh, she said, and I was like, mommy, there's cockroaches everywhere. And I called her from what the apartment. What do I feed them? I'm like, <laughs> what do you like to eat? <laughs> no, I was just like, what do I do? And she said, when you go to the bathroom, she's like, look away and turn the lights on because they'll scatter. <laughs> I'm like, light. I was like, because she was growing up, she grew up in very tough circumstances, and she was like, and so this is just a, a tip from her. She's like, they don't like light, so turn on the light, you know. And so I would sleep with all the lights on. Oh my gosh, oh my God. it was crazy. But um, but because I was on my own, I would batch cook all the time, and then I would like live off of that for a few days. So this is just something that I learned to do to be in control of my food and my diet and know what I'm eating from a very young age. So it only made sense that my first book was basically about batch cooking. Um, Now, as a mother, I've a working mother, you know, I've taken that to a whole new level because the subject of preparation, whether it's my prep as a director, my prep as an actor, my prep as a mother, my prep getting my kid ready for the day, you know, prep helping my husband prep his day, whatever it is, um, whether it's, you know, batch cooking or whatever it is, like preparation is a massive part of how I can maintain my life. Mm-hmm. So um, so my YouTube channel really was kind of born out of 
after the stash plan, people had all these questions, these great questions about now that you're a mother, how do you, you know, how do you still do this? How do you still have a healthy lifestyle? How do you, you know, all these things. And um, I decided to do a YouTube channel to answer all those questions in a way that I could really, it wasn't just like a quick little post. It was like, I, I can do a five minute video, a 10 minute video. I can really show you, you know, like I'm a huge proponent of bone broth. And the nutrients for all, for all of it, the the collagen, the cartilage, everything. I just love bone broth. Speaking of lying in and all that stuff, these women would have bone broths, yeah. you know. Um, so I'm a huge proponent of cooking with bone broth. But I could never, you know, with the stash plan, it's in there. But I couldn't. And I did like a segment on Live with Kelly and, and Ryan about the bone broth. But it's so short. You yeah. don't really have time to explain the details. The or details. Why. So perfect example on YouTube. I did um, a video about how I make my bone broth. And I showed how I put it in the thing, like my chicken broth, as example. I showed how I prepared it. I showed how after it cooks for, you know, three to four hours, I pull all the meat off. I showed um, the next day how I strain it. And then I showed a bunch of recipes that I make with that chicken and, and with the broth. So that's something that is a longer video that I was able to share with um, with my, you know, people who follow me on social media or subscribe to the YouTube channel. I was able to share that with them. And it's a bunch of different things. It's a lot of it is recipes just because I love that. And um, my first book was, a, you know, mostly about food. Um and it's something that I'm just really passionate about. But I also want to do a video where I talk about how I prepare as a director. Um, and people, oh, you know, one of the most popular videos is um, me talking about how I, you know, got into acting and prepare as an actor and stuff like that. Can you do one of you in tango class next time? <laughs> I would I would watch that. I would watch it like a hundred times. I, have you ever been to SOBs? No, what is that? <gasps> what? Okay, you SOBs, what is that? SOBs, it's on... Oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh. It's like just south of Houston on um, um, maybe, I know, I know, I know Cal. Cal's giving us like 50 um, he's signals. Like, he's, he's like, like you have to let, let her leave. leave. Bye bye. Like, no, we won't. Um, we won't. It's, okay, I'm going to find out. It's like on Barrick, <laughs> it's on Barrick Street, like just south of Houston, like around there. Okay. It's a salsa club. With like oh, that's music great. And that's, I love that. to go. That's great. There in Favela Cubana on like a... Tuesday night, it's like this little restaurant, and then they take out all the. I know a place in like LA that, that um, called, um, oh gosh, what is it called? It's in LA on Vine. I can't remember, but it was a restaurant. They would have a dance floor and a live salsa band. It was great. So fun. I haven't found the ones um, in New York yet, but well, it's I just ju- so much fun. SOB and Favela Cubana. There's a bunch of them, but those are really some really fun ones. Favela, like 10 o'clock on a Tuesday. People just come. That's awesome. It's the most relaxing. It's really, really nice. Okay, so we have to let you go. Okay, cool. However, what's your favorite thing? So we do like favorite things. Like it could be oh, your favorite drink, your favorite makeup, your favorite uh, kid product, your favorite cooking utensil, your favorite it, what, the thing whatever. The you feel like you your need to tell all your friends about shoes. this week. I think my favorite thing is my Shoe Umera eyelash curler. For a good one. In terms of the self-help, or self-help, the self-care thing. In terms of the self-care thing, like, you know, we're, we're tired a lot. We're running around as working mothers, whatever. Um, and that always makes you look a little bit more awake. <laughs> when yes. you curl your lashes, like, oh, yeah. the eyelashes go when up, your lashes ready for go the day. up, you're like, okay, great. I, look, <laughs> I can handle this. I now. can handle this day of mystery. Toddler is having a tantrum. Wait a second, eyelash <laughs> curl done. Fixed. Wait, but how exactly. do you get it to not 
because this is all eyelash curlers for me. It's why I don't own one. How do you get it to not be like a like a hard bend? Where it wait, just, you don't have an eyelash curler? No, I can't figure out how to use it. It's I'm a makeup you, freak, and I cannot. But those are amazing. They're, your eyelashes go up. You're I, lucky. Mine grow down. No, I mine grow. I feel like mine mine were much better before I had gotten eyelash extensions. I did them twice. Oh, and they see, I couldn't do that because of my I lashes. couldn't curl my lashes. So how do you? What's your technique? How long do you did hold? Did you do for the one where they put it on each individual? On each individual lash, and then they start coming off, and they're like crisscrossing. Well, they, my eyelashes grew back, and they look like you know the field of thorns. It's horrible. Oh, no, yeah. that sucks. Um, but is there a technique? Like, how long do I hold it for? And where do I? I mean, how do I make it so it's not like a harsh bend in my? Okay, eyelash? so Shugamura makes the best one. I don't know what to say, but and they're also I. I, ho- I don't think they're discontinued. Um, there's always stuff that I love that gets like discontinued. It's like so annoying. <laughs> it's always your favorite thing. It's so annoying. Um, but it's, I go to the base and I squeeze it and I pull my elbow out and I kind of like tilt it ah. up. And then you kind of crimp it out like when we, like we did in the 80s. Oh, like, yes. Okay. But you, you like kind let of go like, and then you do it. Yeah. Yes. You let it go and you kind of crimp it out. You continue the bend all the way up. Yes. But here's, but if you're doing false lashes, yeah. you can't. You can't curl them because a lot of times if I have an event or something, I'll stick on little individual lashes or whatever. If you curl them too much, then you it's hard to get the lashes in there. So mm. when I'm doing little falsies or whatever, I'll just do like one kind of nice curl. But if it's just that, I'll crimp it all the way to the end so it's nice and like up. And a corner curler is the key. What's a corner curler? The little tiny corner curler that you could get on like Amazon or whatever. It's like a little tiny corner crimper. It's like this wide. Because you curl. My eyes are like wider. So I'll curl my lashes. And then the corner thing, you crimp the end. So every single lash is curled. So good. Before you put the individual fake eyelashes on, the ones ones that come right off that don't hurt. Yes, I love those. Individual. Yeah, those are good. Um, They. They, you, if you put mascara on, it creates like a really great That's shelf. That's right. Yeah. And then yes. you just like t- drop it on top. So if you guys are listening home, curl, mascara. Yes. Then glue them on. But the mascara too for a while, I because my lashes are naturally like, you know, straight out, um, when I would use these like fancy designer mascaras that were super wet, I would curl my lashes, I would do all this stuff, and I would put the mascara on, and they would flop down. No, and I would be like, "What is going on here?" But they would, they're um, like really designer, like Dior and whatever it is. Like I would try using these beautiful mascaras, and they would always wait on my lashes. Mm-hmm. Maybelline Lash Discover. I do not have some sponsorship or whatever, you guys. I'm just sharing. Trust. But you should. But I should. No, just kidding. I'm they're going to be calling you after this. No, but like there's there's this uh, mascara that I love. It's kind of dry and it's called Lash Discovery. Again, they discontinued it for a while and I had to go and find it again. I think they're making it again now, but I like bought them out. Um, <laughs> it's this really thin little Maybelline wand and it's super dry. So when you curl your lashes, you put that on, they never flop down. Lovely. Just but you're saying. just full of information we, for us just today. Saying. We do we do love a good like we eyelash love conversation around we do. here. I'm all okay. So when I because I do a lot of my own hair and makeup for <laughs> like events. <laughs> so when I'm doing like a black tie event, I use I love um, eyelash strips, mm-hmm. but I became obsessed with these ones made out of real. Uh, they're like real um, hair. Yeah, but it's like. It feels almost like mink, but it's not actual mink, but it feels they're like really light. Mm. Um, I'll Who send makes them? I'll send you Velour makes them. Okay. And I really like them for a while. And there's been other brands too, but they're really light and they really are similar to real hair. Mm. Cuz a lot of times the thick lashes, they're just they you could tell. Yes. But these are like beautifully tapered like real lashes and they have like a the feeling of like a, a mink. Obviously it's not, you know, mink, but 
Um, and then the trick is to cut the end of the lashes off so they're shorter. So because that's what I have the same problem. My eyes are really big and and like just they don't they don't work with the strip lashes. They don't go totally. Straight. And then when I try to bend it to fit the shape of my eye, I end up looking right, like but you cut all like, the outer. Yeah, this is doubtful. No. <laughs> like I've got like you know. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. So the trick it. is to trim because it's then yes. you can get yes. the right. You have, to make, it, you have arch. to make it the right arch. Have you guys tried the magnetic lashes yet? You know what? I can't I, get. I can't get into them. I, I tried saw, it once and I liked it. Really? Yeah, but I'm like I was a dancer. I'm like very good with lashes. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. But I. Yeah, the trimming on the outside, I find, is a big key. And then once you put them on, you take your tweezers and you crimp them to the lash mm-hmm, line. Mm-hmm. But but don't put, pull, rip out your lashes. This sounds like people are going to be trying it at home and all of a sudden they're like, I have no lashes No, no, now. no. No, I, I did it on my Instagram recently. I showed everyone how I take all my like TV makeup, everything, I all of it one. with, coconut, with coconut, coconut oil. It was amazing. It is, you use coconut oil? I literally splash my face with warm water, rub coconut oil between my hands to warm it up and make it liquid, rub it all over my face, warm washcloth, take it off. It's gone. Like it's it is so easy Because and that is the thing of like getting, like especially if you do lashes sometimes for an event or whatever, the one thing I've been using since I was 15 and I only use it for eye makeup because I try to use mostly natural stuff but Pond's cold cream yeah like old school like for my grandmother yes. like you know what I mean like and they, it's, they knew what they were doing but it's really oily uh, it so oily. that's so why and then the trick is to splash Harper as well oh I haven't tried I love that brand but that the oil have you tried the eye makeup remover oil no it made me think when I saw your video I was like oh this is why Tata Harper you don't put any water you just like you just wipe it wipe it and then it just comes off it's amazing I'm gonna try that I love her product just make sure you splash your eyes afterwards with warm water so that you don't end up with like gook in your eyes Laura Prepon, we love you thank so you, much. Thank you, thank thank you for coming. Cal Come again. <laughs> Cal is literally like smoke signals. Like, all right, she right. has to leave. <laughs> He's gonna just like I'm turning um, everything off. Thank but you promise you'll come back for having me. So much. Yes, you too. Thank, thank you. guys that was Laura Prepon I mean definitely she's so sweet she is she's sweet and she something I always fall in love with when I talk to her is like she just throws herself into things you know she was really she she says she left home at 15 16 went and lived in Italy by herself went and not in like a fancy nice way she did it just to have the experience of it and she cooked for herself and she took all this wonderful learning that she had from growing up the youngest of five um, batch cooking and the passion for food and obviously you're in Italy like you can't not be passionate about food um, and then acting and then uh, you know ballroom dancing and she she travels quite a bit she talked about the Argentina trip here but she also just like when she goes she just sinks in and, and then acting into directing I think you know what something I'm always just so I find it so magnetic is when people feel like they can continue to recreate themselves hold on to what's core and what's central to them and for her it's she's an incredible mother an incredible partner she's she is like family always comes first but she's constantly building herself and growing and I just think that's so cool and the word preparation you know she talks about totally. preparation a lot and I think that that's how she 
keeps it all manageable. I'm definitely going to start using the word preparation more mm-hmm. in my life. Like, okay, now we're preparing to do this. And now we're preparing to do this. And I think it just gives you a little bit of like centering and an awareness of, of your next direction. Absolutely. When you're prepared, you don't feel like you're out of your depths. Things don't sneak up on you. Or the things that do sneak up on you that were unpredictable, you've managed everything else so you have room to deal with them. I feel scattered. I feel like I'm unprepared or un- disorganized. And that is what makes me feel drained at the end of the day. You can have full, you, everyone has this feeling, you can have full days where you got so much done and you actually feel energized at the end of the day instead of drained because you weren't like running to catch up all the time. And I think that's something that, she, that look, when you have, when you're, when you do as many things as she does and as we try to do, you, you have to figure out the system that's going to keep you feeling like your head screwed on straight. And that sounds like it really does. Absolutely. And Cal, I can't wait to do ballroom Cal, dancing. Yes. Slash tango. We are, we're going to go on a, on a dance date. And now it's time for our favorite things. Time for our favorite things. Oh, yeah. As we get to share some of the things that are changing our lives this week uh, or that we're telling all our girlfriends about that we want you guys to know about. Um, I spend a lot of time down in Florida. I get a lot of questions about sunscreen and sun protection for the kids and for myself. So I wanted to share, we're going to, I think we're both doing swimsuits this week or some some kind of sun covering. I uh, have shared a lot of pictures actually of my kids in these adorable one piece tangerine print swimsuits and they're actually UPF 50 so they they uh, they block all, they actually mean UPF 100 now that I'm thinking about it but whatever they have extreme sun coverage and impermeability which I love uh, from this company called Mott 50 and they are, um, they're basically like swimwear you know you just zip them up over your kids but they are long sleeved a lot of them and my kids love them Uh, they block sand from coming in which is a big concern for us but most importantly for me the sun and they have adult sizes now too which I um, they just sent me one to try actually and I'm a little bit large for it right now but but when I have (laughs) when I have a smaller belly something to look forward to it'll be really exciting I just I love them they're so cute I love I don't know I'm I'm in the phase right now where I really love when my kids match so I think that's adorable too and I just love that it's one less area of their body that I have to slather with sunscreen all the time because it's like the thing I Dread. And then you they say how often you have to reapply. Every 30 and then when you have so many kids, I, it just ends up being a whole thing. Know, it makes you want to go stay inside. Um so yeah, it just it relieves some of the pressure off of me, which I love. And they come in really cute prints. So that's for you guys. So mine is also swimsuit. Mine is Janie and Jack. Um and they have really, really, really cute little swimsuits um i love it because it's a little old-fashioned sometimes you find it's so so cute like little high-waisted bikinis and stuff like that for carmen and then the boy stuff is just really really sweet i also love them because they have sales all the time Mm -hmm. um so and i am that kind of person that i will go through their sale thing and then think like okay what size are my kids going to be in december um and i can get them a christmas sweater even though it's july or you know or prepare for um the next year with with different um swimsuits and stuff like that they often have like super cute little sandals and and sunglasses to go with it so janie and jack is definitely one of my very 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 favorite brands. they also make such um 
nice coordinated outfits like if you just want if you're the type of person who just wants to buy a look for your kids and I they have a whole shop the look thing for adults but they don't actually have it with many companies for kids and I think Jenny and Jack does such a cute job of here's this whole little coordinated getup that uh, which helps me a lot because I just feel like I'm not always good at putting pulling the whole outfit together for me or my children Um, fortunately I let my children dress themselves most of the time and then I can just be like (laughs) I can't take I can't take the credit for it she put it together herself All right. Well, thanks for listening. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, swipe up on Instagram. Email us mombrainpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at mombrain. Check us out on YouTube on our channel, Mombrain. Um, it's a it's hopefully taking over. Mombrain is taking over, and our <laughs> idea is that we, the one thing that we can all remember is that we all have Mombrain, and hopefully that'll connect you to us. Until next time, bye. thanks so much for listening. Bye, guys. This is Mombrain with Alaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. Mombrain is a Gallery Media Group original production. <laughs>